I just want to remind everybody what we're doing here. Uh, and it's just, we're all, we're always doing these podcasts and vodcasts because business can be better. And I believe that it should be business even during COVID should be better. Uh, it should be profitable, it should be fun, and it should bring you happiness and joy. So when I find really cool people with really cool stuff to share with business owners that can help make their business better, I invite them. So I found Esmerilyn last week, actually, and I'm like, <laughs> we need you on the podcast. So please introduce yourself, tell everybody a little bit about what you do and what you want them to know about you. Like I said, I don't wanna butcher your introduction, so please go ahead. Oh, good. Thank you so much, firstly, for having me and that really kind welcome. It means a lot. So, um, yeah, I'm quite excited as well to share a bit about the art of negotiation. Uh, so before we get into that, I'll, for those who are listening and don't really know me, I'll give a quick introduction of myself. So I often get the question if I'm from Lethbridge. I pretty much consider myself born and raised here. I moved here when I was four with my family from El Salvador, and I'm really grateful um, and appreciative of that opportunity that I have because I've been able to be fluent in both English and Spanish. I've been had the opportunity to go back home, and it is a whole new perspective to sometimes we take for granted what we have here and the ability to go to school here, have university, and uh, when I went back in high school to El Salvador, sorry, it was an eye-opening experience. I saw the way they lived, their bathrooms, the showers, everything was completely different. And I came back home never taking for granted anything that we had and was really grateful of my parents. Um, yeah, like I said, it's complete eye-opener. I think anytime you have an opportunity to do that, when we go to other countries with instability in their political systems as well, like El Salvador is not very stable as well. Again, it's the government there is pretty unstable. So again, I'm super appreciative to have stability in my life. And that my parents gave me the opportunity to have such a great love here and be able to study here as well. So I did go into the U of L where I got my bachelor's of management. Yay, U of L. I am working with the Lethbridge College doing some side things that we'll get into as well, but I love Lethbridge. So uh, to that point, let's fast forward and I'm back into the educational field. Uh, so I consider myself a lifelong learner. I really missed when I got out of university, I really missed that learning aspect thing. So I've always pushed myself to push that boundary and continue learning, whether it's podcasts or taking seminars or taking opportunity of any of those resources. I love it. I love meeting people such as yourself, getting out in the community. And um, that's part of what got me into wine, women, well-being as well. And what I've learned from that is you have the greatest opportunity to learn from others. I truly believe in um, that we are stronger together, that we empower each other to be better and we, there is a certain magic and an energy, I think, when we come together and put something together. I think it's something that you wish you can bottle up and harness um, because you can't even put a name on it. But we really have this opportunity to build our community up and build each other up. So I'm all for that. That's at the forefront of what I do. But um, uh, just to go back to a little bit of my background, I just sped off there a bit. Um, but I've had the opportunity as well to be everywhere from supply chain. So I was able to work in large organizations where I got to take training up in Dallas, Texas and see a fast paced 
organization very, very quickly out of university, which was, again, a really great experience. Um, leaving that, I was there for three years. So I did work with PepsiCo for three years. That's where I took on that and met some amazing, amazing people. That is one of the leading uh, companies across the world. So super grateful for that opportunity as well. And the lessons and skills and experience I took from that. And then going into uh, a whole different private uh, sector where I was able to also meet amazing people. And I am ever so grateful for that as well. And I got to work uh, across different industries there as well, from retail to service, uh, to the liquor industry, to hospitality. Um, it just was such an amazing opportunity. So I've had kind of the, I have kind of a diverse portfolio that is the best way to put that, but um, I really focused on the operational side of things. So that's where my skill set is. But uh, at the forefront of my takeaway, I'd say from my seven years in business is how important and vital relationship building is. Um, and in conjunction with that, I would say it's really opened my eyes to how important connection with each other is, how important connecting with one another is. And I think it plays into uh, the whole COVID situation that we've had over the past year. It's forced us to pivot. It's forced us to learn new ways to continue to stay educated with each other, or sorry, connected with each other. Um, but it's also provided different mediums for us to learn from one another and learn new ways to get across doing business. Um, and I think you doing these podcasts is amazing because you're able still to reach so many groups and our business community and say, hey, this is a way we can still connect with each other, learn from each other. And who is all out there? Because I think this past year we've had it, to be honest, it's been difficult. It's kind of been a hectic show, <laughs> to say the least, to put it nicely. Um, so we've really all had to pivot and learn new strategies. It's pushed us out of our element. But um, nonetheless, for myself anyways, it's that's one of the building blocks for any process is fostering those relationships and connecting with each other. And I think we are so much stronger when we're able to focus on those things. We can build a stronger community and I'm super passionate and grateful to be able to be in a position right now where I've, I've for, I have for a while been longing that component of fulfillment. And I, I know we all experience different um, phases in our life where, you know, you're content with a certain stage in your life. And then you reach a point where you say, I have to get out of this or, you know, there's something more that I want to do. And I really found that for myself with connecting with other women. I think the business world I'm extremely passionate about. And I think wherein I'm able to teach and educate others with my life experiences, with my stories, and just using my voice to communicate on that, it means so much to me. And I would say that COVID aside, over this past year, I have met more people than I have in the past seven years, to be honest, across my work my work time just because it's forced me to say hey I know I don't know you I know you're in Calgary or in Edmonton would you mind having a zoom call with me I'm super interested in what you're doing I'd like to educate myself a bit more and people have been believe it or not so willing to jump on and say hey absolutely like it's there again we've all been I think craving that connection element so I think that's been really important to me so um 
that all led me into this other opportunity where I was able to support the Lethbridge College. So they were developing some courses for the continuing education department. Uh, so one of those courses was the art of negotiation. And previously I had um, done a session for one of the companies I did work uh, for on a specific book. So if anyone is looking for a great negotiation book, and I'll mention this and reference it um, when I get more into the negotiation component, is uh, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. So it is a phenomenal book uh, if you want to learn more about strategy or just brush up on some negotiation skills. Feel free to read that book. I highly, highly recommend it. So he's an F FBI hostage negotiator. So I actually have the audiobook as well, and it is phenomenal as well. But um, I was able to incorporate some of that and work with uh, an extremely talented uh, curriculum developer uh, that the Lethbridge College has on and put together some amazing content that incorporates some real life case studies and content and experiences that any participants taking this course are able to take back into the workplace with them and make it more practical. So they're able to leave the courses feeling more confident in everything that they've learned in the course. So I just want to give you a chance to take a drink and a breath. It's on Amazon, everyone. I just found it on Amazon and I'm going to buy it right now. I have to discipline myself though. Every time a new book comes, I'm like, Ooh, and I start reading it and it's like, I have nine books in the stack that are part read. So I brought every book back today except one and I'm gonna finish the one that I have at home. So I hope this doesn't come in the mail. That's gonna be your homework to finish <laughs> one solid book the whole way through. Totally. Do you think this is more important to know right now or should I, I should learn this one because it's online marketing, but then like it was published in 2014. So how could it still be relevant? So I should probably go back to this book and I'm just like, ah. Oh. oh, I am. I hands up am guilty of doing that. Also, we go to chapters and I'm like, oh, I need that book. <gasps> that looks interesting. And then you come home with three that you're partway through and don't finish. So I'm yeah. guilty of that also. Um, I don't know what wine woman and well-being is. I unfortunately had a health issue last week and I, if you know me at all, you know that my inbox is at zero every single day. And I came back to 138 emails in my one, one inbox. So I'm like, instant anxiety. Sorry. Yeah. Instant anxiety when he saw 110 emails. Yeah. And I'm like, this is why I shouldn't have laid in bed. So I didn't have time to, to research it, but I really want to know what it is. I'd love to tell you guys about it. So wine, women, well-being is a platform that brings together women in communities across we're across I'd say Alberta right now and we do have um, one more branch in Toronto so we're about 11 branches so I would say they are a franchise um, I have the branch in Lethbridge obviously we have branches in Okotoks, Lethbridge, Medicine Hat and we just added I'd say we're more than 11 now we just added two new branches, so I'm super excited, but it allows women to be educated, inspired and empowered through all of my favorite things, uh, which are through educational workshops and then supporting women in their businesses as well. So it creates an opportunity for them to come together every month. Obviously COVID has put a strain on how we're delivering that right now in our distribution of that. What we were trying to do pre-COVID, it was meant to um, do an educational component. So two events, 
a month. So we do one educational and then one, I'd say, community-based activity. They, they are paid events, but that usually just covers the cost of the speaker or the cost of the business coming in, for example. So let's say we had Kelly Ray come in and talk to us on business being better, right? We'd have you come in and talk to the women and that's kind of they can take that away and then obviously we celebrate with some wine <laughs> just because I think when you look at wine it's kind of a something that brings us together and so Lisa our founder so she's lived she she calls herself expat mom because she has lived across the globe uh, her husband is in in oil and gas so she has had the opportunity to travel to France South Africa everywhere and she just talks about re having to reinvent herself everywhere and she's been able to build these amazing connections and communities and she wanted to bring that back to Alberta as well and create that space for women to get together inspire educate each other and then be empowered so I'm super excited yeah I'm super excited about having the chance to build that here in Lethbridge it's I know Lethbridge is small and you know, we relate it to Calgary or somewhere else, but believe it or not, I have met so many people already, like I said, even in this past year, um, amazing women that I wouldn't have met had they not known this is kind of what I'm trying to build here. I'm trying to build up this female community here. How can I support you? Um, so I'm super grateful for that opportunity and the people that I have met is amazing. And that goes back to that connection piece, right? So relationships and connection. Awesome. Okay. So let's hear about negotiating because when I think negotiating, and I'm sure this is a misperception or misconception, um, I feel like I don't want to do it. I don't want to negotiate. Like, I just want to pay the price of whatever it is, like in terms of like on the beach in Mexico or when I'm in a store or like, a garage sale but like all things that have not been possible in the last anyways um but like in business for example when, when we're opening a new location we do want to negotiate on the lease for sure but kind of seems like icky to me like i'm like oh i don't want to do it like i want my business partner to do it you know what i mean so i'm excited to learn about what you've uh, got to teach us here today Absolutely. So I would, I'm just going to start with exactly what you said. So um, you said you felt uncomfortable. So that is one of the biggest things is we have negotiation is about feeling confident. I see that is at the forefront of it all as well is when you are confident and because it forces us to be outside of our comfortable, our comfort zone, right? So I think that is the first piece that we want to work on, on anyone taking, um, for example, this course at the college, we want to focus on you feeling and being able to leave this course saying, I feel more confident and I know I have to work on being more comfortable, but now that I know a little bit more about what strategies I can use or what truly negotiating is or what importance emotion plays social context and believe it or not gender plays an impact on it as well and i have some um case studies that i'm going to reference as well in a little bit but all those different elements come into play so uh, negotiation is also viewed differently so i'd say perception plays an integral part so if we i'm going to give you an example of let's say an apple an apple can symbolize to many different things, many different people, different things, right? So to a little girl, an apple can sit, 
can be a symbol of the fairy tale, right? It could be the apple that Snow White ate. So to her, it's a negative thing. To let's relate it to religion, that can be viewed as sin. To somebody else, to a school teacher, it could be an apple. And so when you look at negotiating, it it really varies on your perception as well. So keep that in mind and where you're at, every country views it differently. The style and approach they take also plays an impact. So um, I was super excited teaching this course because I, I was able to deep dive into several things and I'd really encourage anyone to come on down. Um, negotiating is a funda fundamental fact of life. You're going to experience it everywhere from buying a car to buying your first home to another thing I hate buying a car yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure we failed buying our house but we love it so <laughs> the other component to that is just educating yourself right I feel like when you're more educated on something you are more comfortable in saying hey I think or that offer is, and I'm going to say the F word of negotiation, which is fair. Fair is seen as a negative component because more often than not, it is used as a leverage point, right? If I say, Kelly Ray, I think this is really fair. Um, the offer I'm giving you is pretty fair. Then you kind of second guess the offer you just gave me. We deep dive into that a lot more as well. So I don't want to give too much away of the course, right? So the other objectives that I'm just going to bring it back to kind of the course that we're delivering at the college and what it is. And I focused on the confidence component that 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 to me was the most important thing. I would um, constantly ask our participants, like, is there any any experiences that you guys have that you feel uncomfortable with that you want to learn more in um, or that I can support you in to give you to give you guys more skill and education on. Um, but we want you to be able to use those negotiate, negotiation styles and techniques and be able to feel confident use them, using them. And have you taught this before? Is this going to be the first time you teach it? Um, I've already taught this one. Uh, in December, we taught this one. It was moved a few times, unfortunately. It was meant to be face-to-face, -face, but we had to move it to online. So this was the first time the course was taught online. It was an eight-hour Zoom course. Um, I don't know if it will be offered online or face-to-face. -face. Again, things have been changing right across the board, but um, I know for sure it's currently being offered February 27th, I believe. Um, I don't know if I had noted there, but yeah, and I did attach the link to that if we can share that to anyone viewing that may be interested. Sure. Yeah, the other neat thing that I was just going to mention that the college is doing with a course like this, like negotiation, which is really great for the continuing education department, uh, is that they're offering badging. So that is kind of a virtual and digital um, merit that you get that's recognized. And they're, a, they're also, that also is combined with uh, micro-credential, sorry, I'm stumbling on my words, micro-credential. So that's basically once you stack up so many badges, um, it is being recognized by the college as a micro-credential. And those micro-credentials are now able to be integrated and highlighted on LinkedIn or Facebook and other social media platforms, which is really great for employers, right? For some of us that don't necessarily want to go back for a degree, but um, want to take these courses where we could learn more about negotiation, learn more about mastering difficult conversations, operation and business process. It allows you that availability to kind of highlight and say, hey, I've gone and 
I've learned and educated myself on this and here's proof and validation and I have credibility on it, right? So I think that is a really great component and element to this that the course is offering as well. Sorry, I know you're talking the whole time and you might need a break once in a while. Um, are good, you sorry. That's okay. So the one thing you already taught us was to be conscious of the word fair, like making us feel less confident. And is the next thing you want to talk about uh, the gender gap thing? Yeah, yeah, that works. Awesome. I'm just glancing at the notes so you can have a break. (laughs) You know what? I sometimes you forget even when I was teaching. So I taught I've taught two courses already and I you know, you underestimate how, when you talk so much, how thirsty you get. Yeah, totally. And wine is not, especially red wine, does not quench your thirst. I hope you have some water there. I know. You're by the end of this, you guys aren't going to be able to understand me. <laughs> okay, so earlier on, I kind of talked about a study that um, I had researched, and that kind of focused on the gender gap and how that ties into negotiation. So there was a study done. Uh, they had I don't have the number of participants for you, but I, I think that's irrelevant to the point. The task that the participants were tasked with doing was completing a puzzle of some sort under a certain time limit. They obviously had the same amount of female as male participants in this study. And then they rated them in terms of uh, one of the elements was they were going to merit everyone anywhere from 30 to $100 for completing this puzzle in this time frame. So what they wanted to see was how many of the participants negotiated because they were told they would receive anywhere from $30 to $100, but they all received the $30. So they wanted to see how many participants would come forward and challenge that and negotiate for a better compensation. So firstly, what they got out of it was that 48% of males came forward to negotiate for better compensation. So they challenged that $30 and said, hey, I think I finished much faster or at a more efficient pace than everybody else here or the other participants. So that was 48% of males and only 28% of females came forward and challenged for uh, higher compensation. So when I wasn't my own boss, I remember, especially in one job where they initially offered me higher after I like got housing in Calgary and was ready to move their HR ex their like HR head of HR came in and told me that it was going to be $20,000 lower. And she was just like, take it or leave it. And I was like, what is happening right now? And I took it and I never, I resented it the whole time. And even though I did like, I did a good job, I'm sure that, yeah, like I, I haven't, there, I'm so grateful that you're on here and that you're teaching us a, a little bit about this. And I'm so glad the college is offering this because um, I can already see like several places in my life where I could have made and saved so much more money. And you know what? You hit a really, really great point. Um, when organizations are able to invest in negotiating training, they are actually saving so much time and money because. Part of the negotiation framework as well is doing your research. So when you're saying, I, you know, I took, we've all had that experience where I'll give one of myself, right? Straight out of university, um, I you get your first job. And more often than not, not very many people challenge their first job offer. So for me, I was like, I had kids at the time, right? So I graduated university, had three kids. 
I was like, I am going to take whatever I'm offered for my first job out of the universe, out of university, not knowing. And six months later, you kind of find out, Hey, I left so much on the table. I can't believe it, but that's where the education component comes in. You don't know better at the time. And I think negotiation is also a skill that is a life learned skill that you continually, continuously are able to expand and grow upon. It comes from experience as well. We only get better at it with educating experience and practice, right? So those are the main things you can do. And I think the fact that we're able to now to offer something like this at the college where employers as well are able to say, hey, you know, I see benefit in this. It's going to save us time and money because our employees now feel more comfortable going into the negotiations that they have to deal with on a daily basis. Um, we're actually saving ourselves money, right, where it's not costing us more for a bad deal because what's the repercussions of a bad deal that's something we also haven't really talked about right so plus sales like sales is a part of every job and i could see the negotiation process being a part of a sale that um you know like especially like i'm just thinking of our pedorthic clinic as an example like there are devices that can help people so much um, if somebody were to say no to that, um, it would be so sad for us because we, uh, like we change people's lives. Like we take the pain away, that sort of thing. Um, and I it's covered by insurance too. So when people don't take those products, I'm always so confused and I would love to like have my salespeople. Well, they're not salespeople they're fit techs, but I'd love to have my fit techs take this training because I think it could help a lot in their sales conversations. No, oh, absolutely. Again, hands down. Yeah. Hands down. It offers a benefit, even just being educated on some things like even myself going into this. And again, I work with an extremely talented curriculum developer out of Calgary that the Lethbridge college has an amazing guy doing this. Um, he had put together some amazing content and I even learned from that myself and you know, asking him for questions on it as well, that he was able to give some examples of was, oh, was an eye opener for myself as well, right? We, we will always be able to learn something from someone else. So I think these opportunities are really great. Um, just jumping back into that case study, because there is another really interesting point out of it that, believe it or not, was shocking even to myself when I researched it. So when they looked at the counterpart, so let's say Kelly Ray, you were a participant of the puzzle uh, solving case study. So your counterpart was going to be myself. So if you came head to head with your counterpart being female, you were even less likely to negotiate. So negotiating with female to female counterpart was only 23%. And for men, it rose and doubled. So it was double what that was for females and was 46%. So again, the significance of this just goes to show that obviously gender does make an impact. I think for females, I don't know if um, maybe there is a sense of, I don't know what you would say. What What's your take? I, I'm interested to hear. Would you say that's true on your part? How would you feel on that? Yeah, I uh, like... I run away from the people on the beach in Mexico because <laughs> I don't, like, I think I paid like $50 for a hat once and the people I was with are like, Kelly, Ray, what the, but uh, oh yeah. And also like I went in parasailing 
Yeah. That was terrifying, by the way. No safety training. Only Spanish spoken, and I only I don't I only speak English, and I'm like what? And then I was up in the air. I probably pay way overpaid for that too. Um, overpaid for all my houses, vehicles. Uh, took lower salaries when I uh, got jobs. Like when I was in, I think at 14 years, I was running other people's businesses, and uh, no matter how much money I made them, uh. I will say I did go to bat for myself because I was raised as uh, like my mom when she was a single mom before she met my dad who adopted me. Um, she would say a lot of the times we can't afford that, we can't afford that. Um, so I that kind of left me with uh, I'm never going to be in that position when I'm grown up sort of thing. Yeah. So when I did work for the business owners, um, after I got the job, I'm sure I took a lower base than I should have, but I would make them like a hundred thousand dollars more net profit. And I'd be like, can I please have $10,000? Like I just made you a hundred thousand dollars. Like, can we put a bonus structure in place? Yeah. So I know that I did do it in a few jobs and now like, so I've been owning my own companies now for six and a half years. Yes. And so now I feel like I, the only negotiation I feel like I have to do is with um, like new locations and stuff with leases and things like that. Um, and when we hire people, what I usually try to pay is what they're happy with. Honestly, if they're way out of the range of what we think is a fit for the position, and the performance. Um, luckily, we have performance-based pay, so that usually can help anybody who's good at their job have what they want. Um, but that's one of the first questions I ask, and I don't negotiate. Like I ask what they need, and I pay it if it's in our ballpark because I don't want an employee to resent us. I want them to feel taken care of. I want them to feel, and we pay full benefits. So like. Amazing. I try to be the opposite of what happened to me, you know, because I'm like, I don't want my employees to hate me. I want them to do a good job. Well, and there's obviously always different strategies, right? So you're taking a different approach than many other businesses do. And that's completely fine as well. But um, I'd say when we look, bring it back to negotiation. Um, I know we're talking business right now, but I think many of us fail to see that it happens in our everyday too as well. Think about when um, we have to decide who's making dinner or think about the kids. And if you do have kids, right, who's doing the chores? You actually do negotiate with our kids quite a bit and it is a fundamental fact of life. So we do experience it on the daily, unfortunately. And whether we want to invest and be better at it is up to us. But um, I would say that it is definitely present in our workplace more evidently than not. So I think yeah. it is truly vital that we educate ourselves. And that goes back to my takeaway from this case study, which is clearly as women, we should, and it is negotiation as skill is for everybody. But this case study in particular was eye-opening to me. And my takeaway was that us as women, you need to educate ourselves and become more confident with this and try to also close that wage gap um you know that exists with that gender gap as well right we want to close that and part of it is using our voices and becoming educated enough and comfortable enough to speak up and be willing to initiate and start negotiating for ourselves and higher wages as if if we've done all the study educating just like everyone else has everyone should have that e equal opportunity to negotiate and get that wage regardless right it's based yeah. on your skill and i need to say this for all the business owners that are listening like 
there are people on our teams who you might look at their benefit package and their compensation package and be like, are you serious in Lethbridge you're paying this? But when you pay performance-based pay and the people earn you a million dollars, you can give them $10,000, you know? And that's, okay. that's just an example out of thin air, by the way. But I mean, the other thing I wanna tell you is if you negotiate down and like grind someone down and hire them at like minimum wage or anywhere close to that, it is hard on their self-esteem. And if they don't stand up for themselves and they come on board at a wage that is not fitting with their self-image, they will not be happy and they will probably quit or they will at least underperform. Like, I mean, money isn't everything, but I just, I'm really passionate about that because I don't think business owners should try to get the cheapest deal. You know, like if you pay your, your employee what the employee wants, the employee performs way better. It works out for everybody. I definitely agree in that regard, like with paying performance. And it goes back to that saying, you uh, get what you pay for, right? So like ah. you said, if you're willing to pay more for that skill and experience, and I think it does pay off in the end. Versus, yeah, versus if you're, you know, uh, a bit more adamant in negotiating and trying to get a lower cost for cheaper labor, but in to save yourself a few dollars on your bottom line. But at the end of the day, if you, that adds to you to a quicker turnover rate, right, for your yeah. turnover, it's not so great. It costs you more in retraining someone and rehiring. Oh, so much. And like if you pay $10 more an hour, if you're smart, and you have that right person, they could earn you an extra million dollars a year. Like not only are like when you're pinching pennies on paying your people, it's, it's wrong. Anyway, sorry, I just had to add oh, that. All good. I, no, I really appreciate more. I really appreciate when you add your, you know, life experiences and examples. I think it really amplifies some of what we're talking about. So I think it's awesome. Thank you for sharing all that. I, I love it. And you're I absolutely agree with you hundred percent. So where we left off was uh, educating our women more and increasing our confidence and everyone's confident overall. So I think, again, that is what our course and a huge bulk component of it is at, at the Leverage College and focusing on that element. Uh, the second example I wanted to give her a quick case study, and I hope we have enough time. Um, I'm just looking at that as well. Um, you were just talking about hiring. So this is a really great segue is that and I'm just talking gender right now because it does play an important factor in negotiating. And then I will get to a little bit of strategy and technique once I finish up on this, just because I think it's an interesting fact. Like it, they were really eye-opening to me and it is something to take into consideration when you look at it. Um, so the second case study was just looking at job negotiating and when you are doing hire, hiring. So what, what the end result of this case study was, that when it comes to males negotiating other jobs and um, a position they are applying for and negotiating a better salary, salary, it works in the employee's favor to say, Kelly Ray, um, for the position that we are hiring you for, this person in your ex with your exact behavior and skill set is earning this amount, so we think this is adequate. So re they reference that themselves um, 
in regards to their skill and behavior. When you look at the female, they we reference ourselves more specifically. So we do better when we are related to uh, Kelly Ray, we are gonna be paying you similar to what Jenna over at uh, XYZ Company is earning because you create that familiarity with that. Um, so negotiating and connecting those two building blocks is a lot easier. So two things to take into consideration as well when you're handling those. So I thought that was interesting too. Yeah, and I like um, this is a podcast for business owners, so this is really making them think because you're co you're coaching their employees right now, and I love it. I'm just gonna grab my water. Sorry. Yes. No, that's a great idea. I was thinking you'd need some water. <laughs> I just I I blab I blab and blab and underestimate how much I'm talking. No, it's the wine. I'm so sorry. I forgot my wine. I let you down. Well, I clearly drink enough wine for the both of us. So you're welcome. I drink two water bottles. So perfect. So we're aiming to be done in 15 minutes. Can you do it? Perfect. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So I did want to quickly highlight some of um, the technique. So I think the last point that I really wanted to focus on is we talked earlier on about perception and um, usually we look at negotiating with focusing highly, highly and heavily on getting a yes out of negotiating. We all think that yes is at the forefront of what a negotiating negotiation actually is, but it couldn't be further from the truth. So what you really want to get to is you want your counterpart to say no. And you're all probably thinking, why do I want to hear no? The yeah. reason I want to hear no is because when you get a no, you get to find out really what they do want. No is the start of the negotiation. So when you're really pushing hard on getting a yes, you're just going to anger and frustrate your other side. No allows you to create a bond, empathize, and actually create more opportunity for them to clarify and get to what they really want. And so I'm going to get a little bit deeper into that, but you do want to trigger no. So how do we go about doing that? So let's think about a telemarketer. And there are also three types of yeses that you're going to get. So you're going to get a counterfeit yes, a commitment yes, and a confirmation. We obviously do want a commitment yes. We don't want the counterfeit yes. And I'm going to reference a telemarketer. So let's say you hear you get a telemarketer on the phone instead. Um, so they'll hassle you and hassle you. And you will at the end finally give in and say, yes, you can call me back. But that's going to be a counterfeit yes. Instead, a different approach they can take is saying, is now a bad time to talk versus saying, do you have a few minutes to talk? So the way you use open-ended questions is also super, super beneficial. And we do a lot of exercises and role plays um, in our course on this as well, which gives you the ability to practice this. And again, when I said so, earlier on, that's where it comes from. It comes from practicing this. And so we have a lot of role play uh, exercises in the course that allow you to become familiar with this and practicing more open-ended questions and probing that, right? You have to role play. It's like nobody wants to do it, but it works so well in teaching your people stuff. It does. And I'm going to give you uh, three quick examples just about uh, when you are in a negotiation. What are a quick three examples that I can give? One would be, what about this doesn't work for you? So let's say, Kelly Ray, you said, no, this deal doesn't work for me. Instead of me saying, okay, I guess the negotiation's over right there, right? Because most of us, we have to get over we have to get over the fact of hearing no, that no is a negative thing 
start viewing no as a positive thing. Like I said, is it is the beginning of the negotiation process. So when you say, what about this doesn't work for you? Then you're able to tell me more about what you truly want. And then I can say, well, what is it going to take us to get to that? So another example I can give you is if I were to say, Kelly Ray, what are you passionate about? I'm just going to ask you that question. Kelly Ray, what, what are you passionate about? Are you trying to sell me something right now? No, let's just say I just met you and said, what are you passionate about? And then I'm going to, just because this is going to tie into our um, quick tip at the end. I am passionate about choices for children. It's like all the volunteering and donating that I do is always for kids because I don't think that kids uh, should have to grow up the way that their parents modeled. I think that, you know, it just breaks my heart when I volunteer with some kids and hear them say things like, well, you know, my parents did this, my grandparents did this. So that's how I'm going to live. I'm going to be poor. I'm not going to own a house. And I'm like, F that. So giving kids choices, like just teaching them that there's a world of opportunity. They can do anything they want to. That's, uh, that's what I'm passionate about. Okay. So you're passionate about giving children opportunity. Why mm -hmm. is that? Because I didn't feel like I had it as a kid. And uh, I had some really tough years because of that. Um, I, yeah, I just had really uh, unhealthy biological dad in my life till I was 12 and haven't seen him in a couple decades, but yeah, he really affected me. And uh, I just spent my whole life trying not to be like him. And then uh, as I grew up and got into so much personal development and I started to realize, oh my gosh, I can do, be, or have anything I want. I need to share this with kids because I just, sorry to say this, but sometimes I just feel like adults are too far gone. Like in the, the charity nonprofit sort of world, I tend to focus on kids because I feel like before they get to be adults, I want them to know you can be any kind of adult you want. Yeah. It sounds like you're really passionate about um, that cause. And like you said, focusing on that is really important to you. Um, I'm not going to carry on with probing you more, but every time, so we did this exercise because if you are, and this is called mirroring, if you are to repeat the last three words of your counterpart's um, sentence, whether it be in a relationship, and you guys feel free to try this in your workplace, at home, um, with partner, friend, repeat the last three words when you are negotiating or choosing to do something, or you're trying to get somebody to open up, if you add those if you mirror back the last three words, they will more often than not open up and tell you more. And that is what we want. Like, why am I sharing all this? <laughs> what you want is your counterpart to open up. You want to know their why. So that is called mirroring. And that is the strategy of using the last three words. The reason we do that is because we are tied to similarity. We're afraid of things being different. But when you just related three things back that I already heard that I'm familiar with, I am more than likely to open up to you about it. And in, in negotiation, um, that is very, very vital, especially if you're at a standstill and aren't really getting more. And you can use that to probe. You can also use another method called labeling where um, you can label their feelings. So let's say the story that you did share with me. So you heard me say, it sounds like X, Y, Z. So I put a label on the feeling you, you shared with me. And in a sense, you were able to relate to it, or you could have said, 
yeah, that is true. Or no, I think you got that completely wrong. And you would open up further on that, right? So that is what we want in a negotiation. We want you to get to the mutual middle ground and you're only going to get there by getting clarity on what you both want. Yeah, I think that was, I don't know if I mentioned, but I took a negotiation like workshop at uh, Tony Robbins Business Mastery in Amsterdam. And the thing I remember learning, it was so cool, is that negotiation was not uh, what I thought it was, but we did this exercise where we got this, like everybody got this piece of paper, right? And you had a partner and it was like two different sides of a story. And it was like about like saving the world. It was like this bomb was going to go off if like this one uh, ingredient wasn't taken. And then it was like this other ethical thing where all these kids are going to die if this person didn't take it. So you had to figure out a way to negotiate. And uh, we kind of like said, well, why do you need that? Or like, and we kind of asked questions and then, then I figured out, oh my gosh, I only need the yolks from inside the eggs and you only need the shells from the eggs. And we're like, we're done, we're done, we're done. And it was like a fun thing. Yeah. So well, I try to keep that in mind. Um, Cause I, other than that, I have a very negative association. But I'm excited now to use what you just used on me, on my husband. And do the dishes. Maybe <laughs> I'll even see you at my class. You never know. Kelly. Yeah. You're no, you, you probably will. And I'd love for my team to come. Too. Yeah. It sounds awesome. Where's that link you wanted me to post? Um, I might be able to add it to the chat. I did have it on our agenda. I don't know if you still have that. And then we can yeah, share I have it right it. here. Where is okay. it? Um, Oh, and that's your quick tip. Perfect. Yes, that was my quick tip. So I kind of rolled it all in one and I hope that was, I gave some yeah. clarity on that and it made yeah. sense. Yeah, I was like, what is she doing to me? But I hope everybody else really got, because I do now, but yeah, that was the quick tip. So she wanted to leave you with like an example of a tactic that you could actually go use. So I'm going to use it on my husband. You guys use it on whoever you want. <laughs> I hope like, my husband's not watching this. And <laughs> now he's gonna know right sometimes you don't even know when people are using this I actually thought back and realized that that's actually been used on me sometimes so for example if something absurd is said to you let's say at a negotiation so let's say Kelly Ray you said as Marilyn I'm only willing to pay you five thousand dollars for a year and I said you're only willing to pay me five thousand dollars for a year so then what that probes and provokes you is, oh, she's questioning this. Why is she questioning this? It makes you rethink <laughs> what you just said, right? And yeah. that is what you do want to do. You want the other counterpart to empathize with you and encourage to provoke more thought process on their end as well, right? You want to keep them talking. And every time you keep adding their three words into your next sentence, they're going to keep talking. And that is essentially how you get to that middle ground. And that's exactly what you want. I love you that. To reveal their strategy. Negotiating is actually looking for the win-win, not trying to best somebody. And you know what? And that's a really good point. I didn't really touch on that. But there are going to be times where we don't get a win-win, right? Sometimes you are going to leave some negotiations where it's a win-lose, but you have the relationship intact, right? So let's say, Kelly, you may not leave this negotiation with anything additional that you wanted, but you're also not losing anything, but you are leaving with this relationship that is intact. And that's another point that I don't know if I mentioned is truly important, keeping the relationship intact. Uh, if you want to do business with someone again, that's always vital. That is something you need to be fully conscious of. 
Yeah, so don't get mean or manipulative. Um, okay, so where can people follow you and Wine Women Wellbeing and where can we sign up for this class? So do you want to go on, like, once we hang up here, like, why don't you share with us, um, like, right now, like, where we can find you on social and then we'll hang up and then do you want to go to the video on Facebook and then link the course? Because I can't find it on the agenda. Is there, can I just add it to the chat here, Kelly, or? Sure, yeah. Uh, it's not the specific class. Is that okay? Corporate yeah, That's okay, because you're going to have to, I believe I didn't, you know, exactly get to um, the art of negotiation. But there you, you know, you've, our viewers might even find some other courses that they want to take as well, because I think they're, there hasn't been enough awareness to this as well. There are so many great courses on there that, um, that that continuing education is offering. And like I said, they're offering that micro that micro credential program now, which is making a world of a difference as well as an employer. Like I would definitely put half my employees go to um, self development and learn more about these skills. And not only that, credentials give a lot of confidence, so employees would love it. Um, okay, so I'm going to copy and paste this link. Jen Stuber said that book is fantastic. Lots of concrete ideas. I've written down lots of learnings from that book and keep it handy when I'm negotiating. Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much. That was so cool. Oh, no, thank you so much for having me. I yeah. enjoyed the opportunity to share a little bit about my uh, business background, um, wine, women, well-being, and of course, the art, art of negotiation and the cool things that the Lethbridge College is doing and I got to be a part of. So I appreciate it so much. And I appreciate you. You're one of the most grateful people I've ever met. So that's I love you already. Um, oh, thank you. That's really kind. I would happily come and do a night for free. Uh, I do like six free events a year, so I haven't had anyone. I love yet. that. Yeah. So I would love, I would love you. Sounds like a great group and I will have wine with you. I promise. Perfect. Now you owe me a wine date, I think, because yeah. I had to drink yeah. double the wine for us. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.